0: What is up, everybody? Welcome back to First Town Rundown, where we give you a holistic view of the world of sports. Whether you're a casual fan or an avid fan, this is the place for you. We're your two hosts. I'm Hayden Vozar. He's Matt Vozar. Today is Tuesday, November 8th. Happy Election Day to everybody. I hope you went out and voted today. I was not able to because I'm in Charlottesville and I didn't get an absentee ballot. ballot. So, yeah, that kind of sucks, but hey. Still thriving here in Charlottesville. It's going to be a good day today on the podcast. We've got NFL and college football today. We've got two NFL topics and then one college football topic. But the college football topic is basically just talking about every single scenario that we can think of with the college football playoff because there was there was a lot of shakeups this past week in the college football world. And there was a lot of things that changed what what the college football playoff could be. And so now looking into the future, we're going to try to basically just delve into every single scenario and and try to, and try to play it out based on, you know, who's winning their conference championship and who's not going to win their conference championship. And what's that's, what that's going to do for the college football playoff. It's, it's getting to be that time of year where we basically just talk about the college football playoff for half of every single episode, because that's, yeah, that's how it is at this time of year. So yes, we have NFL as well. We're talking a little bit of fantasy and also a little bit of, uh, kind of like a little halfway benchmark through, throughout the we're at the halfway benchmark through the NFL season. So we're going to be talking a little bit about just our predictions for the rest of the season and kind of talking about some surprises that we've seen throughout the the first half of the season, which we've kind of been doing in past episodes. But just kind of kind of kind of clean that up in this topic today. And yes, Matt, how are you? Yeah, I mean, it's halfway,
1: dude. I, I it's I mean, come on, what are we can, can we please just stop time for like one second Uh, it's, it's tough. It's tough to cherish the moments, you know, because it feels like the NFL season just started. Now it does feel like a lot has has happened. Right. And we've been through a lot these last couple months, but, but it's, we're halfway done now, obviously you do have a couple, I guess a month and a half almost of playoff, you know, which kind of goes into obviously January and February. So there's, there's more to the season than like this being the halfway date of this, of the, you know, halfway date being done with the season. But just for the regular season purposes it's you know we're halfway there we got half to go so it's time to start cherishing the moments that we do have because we know that too we got Thanksgiving coming up we got Christmas coming up so the holidays are going to get into this too and you're going to blink and it's going to be the playoffs time uh, which is obviously very exciting and something that because we're kind of halfway through the season now we wanted to do a little bit of you know right who what teams have been surprising what teams have been not surprising what teams do we think are going to make the playoffs based on the results thus far halfway through the season. And then what teams do we think, you know, could, could possibly make it, you know, make a run. So, uh, so with that being said, Hayden, just
0: introduce the first topic. We can get started. All right. Yeah. So moving into NFL. So we're officially halfway through the NFL season, like we said, and that makes it the perfect time now to look at the, the, our preseason predictions as well as make our predictions for the rest of the season and we're going to kind of go through division winners, playoff contenders, as well as our picks to win the Super Bowl, every, pretty much everything right now because, again, we're this is kind of a benchmark through the, the regular season. And, yes, so I am i don't even really know how to start this off, but I'm probably just going to go ahead and I'm, I'm going to point out the obvious here just to kind of get conversation started, which is we, we've had a lot of surprises. We've had the Seahawks and the Giants doing really, really well. The Seahawks in particular, I think, are – are actually real and the giants they've had a little bit of an easy schedule so far. They're playing in the NFC East, which is starting to ramp up more now um, and, and is, has been one of the best divisions in football in terms of record throughout this season. But I think the, the Seahawks are more of like a real contender. They've shown that they can stay in games and they've shown that they can actually produce on the field when, when it's needed. It's not just kind of one of those teams that like gets by and, takes an early lead and kind of just coasts throughout the rest of the game. They've had a lot of close games and they've had a lot of games where if the other team scores a lot of points, they score a lot of points as well. They had that one game against, I think it was, it wasn't Arizona. They played, I think they played Arizona this past week, but Oh dude, I I can't remember who it was was against, but they, it was like 43 to 40 or something like that. It was, it was the lions. I think they won 48 to 45 or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So like they've, they've shown that they can keep up with teams. And if their defense isn't playing well, their offense is going to play well. And so, and I mean, their offense has honestly been the, the highlight of the team really, but uh, cause that defense is still kind of shaken up and, and causes too many penalties and whatnot. But right. I mean, the Seahawks and the and the Giants have been mostly the the most surprising teams. And then obviously we had the jets upset the bills this past week, which the jets have been kind of iffy throughout the season, but then they just somehow beat one of the best teams in the league. And it's like, how did that happen? It's just, yeah, it's, it's been a really crazy season and it's been really surprising, which like Matt said, we're already halfway through the season. It kind of sucks to say that. And it's flying by as it usually does. But at the same time, it's been an exciting season. It hasn't been one of those seasons where it's just kind of everything as expected. You know, the Rams have been pretty bad. Pretty much the whole NFC West has been really bad except for the Seahawks. And that's exactly the opposite of what we thought it was going to be. Same with the AFC West. Um, the AFC West is is also one of those divisions where you look at it and you're like, oh, yeah, the, it makes sense that the, that the Chiefs are in the lead. But what happened to the Raiders? What happened to the Chargers? Those, those teams were supposed to be good. And they're just not. And so and the Broncos, too. So that's been a little bit of a shakeup. I think that in terms of like this season being one of the most surprising and one of the most, I guess, one of the most rebellious against early season predictions or preseason predictions that almost everybody was making, I think this season is, is ranked highly in that because it's, it really has like we basically everything that we expected to happen is not happening except for the fact that the bills and chiefs are still really good teams, but the NFC, the NFC in general is just, is just, is just really bad. So I want to, I want to hear Matt's take on this and and maybe he can kind of drive this in a, in a more narrow direction in terms of like division winners and, and playoff contenders and everything like that. But I kind of just gave a little bit of a general standpoint where we're at just to kind of get things going
1: yeah and and it's funny that the last thing that you said or the thing that you kind of kicked it off to me was that the nfc just kind of sucks overall that was if i was to start this topic that's pretty much the the conclusion that i would draw or or the the kind of the statement that i would make as to my revelations on what has gone on in the nfl season so far uh you know so far this year and and Obviously, yes, we have the Giants and the Seahawks and the NFC East as a whole, right? The Eagles and the Cowboys are, are you know, are all the best teams record-wise in, in the NFL right now. Got to throw in the Vikings there, too, even though they're probably the most fraudulent 7-1 team I've ever seen in my life. Hmm. We can talk about that another day. Uh, but but the point really is that the, the the teams that were supposed to be the best, the teams that were basically, you know, bona fide, going to win their division, not even a thought about it in the world, probably going to be some sort of combination of rematches of the previous NFC championships, which led to the eventual Super Bowl winners, right? I mean, we have the last two Super Bowl winners being the Broncos or the the Buccaneers and the Rams, both teams who are, were supposed to be really good coming into this year, both teams who had won the NFC previously. And so, you know, you kind of have that as a sequential type of, you know, at least what it's looking like, or what it should have been coming out of last season and into this season, but that was that's been the story, right? The Packers, the Bucks, and the Rams were supposed to be the three best teams coming into this year out of the NFC, and and they have been for, really for the last three years. I mean, the Packers have, have gone to the NFC Championship two of the last three years. The Buccaneers have won a Super Bowl the last no two years ago. The Rams won a Super Bowl last year. So like these three teams, each in in different divisions as well, have made up not only the top of the NFC, but just kind of dominated in doing so. So that was obviously the, the craziest surprise. And I think the fact that all three of them have been so bad, is is really the biggest surprise to me. The fact that all three of them have losing records halfway through the season. We, we never would have thought that was possible. Okay, maybe you say, you know, all right, you know, like before the season started, you say, okay, by week nine, one of these teams is going to have a losing record. One of them is just going to fall off the rails and you're just, you know, you'll kind of just end up in a situation where we never saw this coming, but okay, maybe, you know, right. One of these teams is, is really bad this year, but the other two teams are on top of their division and, and they're doing fine cool i could see that being a thing but the fact that all three of the powerhouse you know extremely favored teams to win their divisions their respective divisions are are all struggling and all have losing records and and realistically especially for the packers and the rams completely out of it almost at this point like the vikings are almost going to lock up the the nfc north division like by december i think which you know which is insane to think because they have a basically a five-game lead on the packers and, and you know that whole division so and then obviously you get to the Rams. Yes. The, you know, that division I think is a little bit more up in the air, but as Hayden said, the Seahawks have won every way possible. They've beaten divisional opponents. Like, they're doing everything that you need to be doing if you're going to win a division, especially a division like the NFC West, which is pretty competitive, right? I mean, you think that obviously the Rams won the Super Bowl last year, right? The, the 49ers have been to two of the last three NFC championships, so they're clearly, you know, very and obviously you have the addition of Christian McCaffrey and and so they're clearly trying to win and, and have a really good team and actually could still make it to Moyes left in the season, but like they have a, a 500 record and the Seahawks just are coming out of nowhere and, and winning the division right now, so they might actually just take that, right? In which case the Rams and the 40 Niners like okay you know you had some hope coming in here but it's it's not looking like it so far uh and obviously the Buccaneers somehow are are still in first place in the NFC South despite you know having a losing record right now they they are essentially tied with the Falcons in terms of record wise but they have the the tiebreaker over the Falcons because they won the head-to-head matchup so far so you know the Buccaneers could I think I think they'll probably still will win the division especially because we saw kind of a a vintage Tom Brady led game in you know against the Rams last or you know this past weekend on Sunday it was it was a bad game overall there wasn't much scoring it was pretty sloppy there were turnovers and to a certain extent, too, both defenses are really good. So you don't expect this to be an absolute shootout because the Buccaneers and the Rams have two of the best defenses well, scoring wise and 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 yards per play and everything, two of the best defenses in the NFL. And, and so you kind of match that up together and you end up with, you know, a pretty low scoring game. But it was funny just because to want, you know, to watch how everything unfolded, the Rams really controlled the whole game. They were winning essentially, you know, 59 minutes and 45 seconds of that game, and only were losing, you know, after that top, tough, tough. tough after Tom Brady throws that last second touchdown. So that's kind of where I'm at with this, with this whole situation right now in the NFC, at least is the teams that we thought were going to be good are just not and, and and it's not even to a point of where like oh well you know they're they're five and four right a team will they'll be okay you know to end the season or you know they'll be they'll be able to to, to kind of make things happen here. We've been saying this like oh well, we'll just wait for the Packers to 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 turn back on the Jets and they'll be fine, right? Just wait for the Rams like you know their their injuries on the offensive line aren't that bad. Like they'll be able to win the division. The fact of the matter is the best part about this and, and just in, you know, the NFL and overall, when there's just, there's always going to be parody in this type of thing is the fact that like these teams are almost beyond repair, especially for the Packers and the Rams, who are losing their division to better teams who nobody really thought would be able to win those divisions. I think the Buccaneers will end up making the playoffs just because their division is so bad, and they might even they might even win that division and get to the playoffs with a losing record, right? Because the other teams in the division are so bad right now. So that, that's a, that's obviously a possibility for the for the Buccaneers. But like, okay, if the Buccaneers get to the playoffs with a losing record, sure they they made it. But like, how much how much faith do you have in the Buccaneers? Obviously, yes, Tom Brady regards a lot of faith and everything that he's garnered over the past 20 you know something years that he's been doing this that he can really make anything happen at any time but if Buccaneers have the losing record going in the playoffs or even if they're like nine and eight like how much to, how, how much faith do you have that in that team to actually really like win a bunch of games and be competing in an NFC championship. I don't think so. So I think the, the, the great part about this is that the is that the best teams are doing so badly and not only just, you know, badly like, oh, you know, they might have a, a slightly winning record, or they might go 500 on the season. It's the fact that like these teams have losing records and are not on track to make the playoffs even close to remotely. So that's kind of the cool part about the NFL season. Now, I think that's that's the cool thing is that it's, it's a positive. We can look at this as a positive thing for the league. Teams that we did not think were going to do well are doing well. Teams that we had that were giving no chance to win the divisions actually have a chance to win the division, make a make a playoff appearance and and, and everything like that. So the, I, I think it, it really speaks to the fact that at the end of the day, everyone that's playing in the NFL, you know, they're all professionals, right? They, they, they play that. They do this for a living. They get paid to do it. And like you're not just going to see a team like the Panthers or the Seahawks or, you know, a team that was really supposed to be or the Falcons a team that was supposed to have one of the worst records in the NFL just be like, Oh yeah, that's going to be our season. Okay, cool guys. Yeah. We'll just, we'll just do our best to win four games and that'll be it. Right. We'll, we'll be good to go. Like, no, like these guys get paid to do this and and they are professionals and they're competitive and they only got to this, they got, they got to this place because of the best in the world at what they do. And so it really, it really goes to show that if you don't have a complete buy-in and, and a lot of it is injury luck too, right? I think that like the Rams and the Packers are definitely very much suffering from injuries. And so if you kind of have a little bit of regression on that sense, yeah, they might've won a couple more games, but like the teams that are putting it together are doing it for a reason. And, and I love to see that the fact that, you know, we might be able to have a, a different team come out of here. And so I know that I was kind of talking about the NFC uh, a lot and, and we can kind of get into the AFC a little bit kind of, I guess now, um, but, but that's my, my take on it is that it's really good to see a lot of parity now. And even with the NFC, East, like Hayden mentioned, like, you know, they, the NFC East has three of the best teams in the NFC, right? I mean, the Eagles and the Cowboys and the Giants have proven to this point that, they're just going to keep winning games. They have really good teams. And I think even there, you can say that, Hey, if the Eagles and the Cowboys are the two best teams in the NFC. Yeah. They're the best. You're, you know, they're in the same division, but like, there's at least some parity there. We haven't seen, I mean, obviously the Eagles won the Super Bowl 2017, but like, you know, that was like the whole Carson Wentz thing. And Nick Foles, like they have a different coach. They have a different offensive system. They have a different quarterback. They have different everything. And so it is really does feel like a different team that could actually do something crazy. So, I really enjoy how the season's gone so far, especially for, you know, by the fact, and I'm a Packers fan. All right. So if anybody has a reason to be like, Oh, I'm, you know, so mad at how all of the good teams that were supposed to be good are losing, like, yeah, it's fine. Like the Packers have been good for a long time. They never ever able to cash in on a Super Bowl. And so here, here's what you get, Aaron Rodgers, for for taking all your all your all your team's money. Um, we're not gonna go a little bit any more deeper on that. <laughs> so um I, I didn't really give, I guess, many of my predictions, but I think Hayden, let's let's kind of get into you can kind of maybe start it off obviously right we talked about kind of the underdog teams doing well so far you know teams like like the jets and you know and 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 the and the giants and the seahawks and stuff let's let's take a let's take a look now and try to kind of forecast what we think our division winners will look like we can even just each of us give all of our eight division winners who we think they'll be and then kind of a little bit maybe just give a little bit of a preview on what we think maybe who could be the, who could be in the super bowl this year
0: all right so Well, actually the one thing that I just wanted to add it on to that segment on teams that were, that were surprised by everything like that. It's actually pretty interesting that the East, like basically the whole East coast. So the AFC East and the AFC North, I mean, sorry, AFC East and the NFC East are actually the two best divisions in football. So like the whole entire East of the NFL is doing really well. The AFC East, they're the only division in football that uh, doesn't have a losing record. doesn't have a team with a, with a losing record. And the NFC East the only team that has a losing record in the in, in the NFC East is the commanders at four and five, but they also have the only undefeated team in the league. So it's like it. both of those, those divisions, AFC East and NFC East, which have not really been very good divisions as a whole in the past are the best divisions in football this year, which is, which is really cool to see. So yes, going into our picks for the playoffs and I, kind of our division winners as well as, I mean, we've got, so we've got seven teams on each side of of the playoff bracket in in both the AFC and the NFC that make it to the playoffs. Now it used to be eight, as you guys know, a few a few years ago. Wow, a few years ago, it changed to seven. So now there's only one team that gets a uh, first round by, and that's the team that wins the the conference, which is actually kind of. I, I feel like that's kind of better. We've we've actually had a, many segments in the past talking about if we like the seven team playoff format better than the 18 playoff format. But yes, I, I think that it's pretty cool that the, that the division or the conference winner is the only team that gets the buy in the first round, but I think we're probably going to see. And and now this is, this is, this gets a little bit fishy here because, and I'm not going to, we're not gonna really get talk about this much right now. I don't think because it's not for certain, but there are fears around the league that Josh Allen has had, has suffered a pretty serious injury on Sunday to his elbow and there's rumors that he might even need Tommy John surgery which means that he'll essentially never be the same quarterback again like he'll never have the same throw power he just basically won't be the same again which is very unfortunate hopefully that's not the case but that's there's been fears about that in the past and or in the past there's been fears about that recently and hopefully it's not the case but i think that the bills are probably just keeping everything secret for now just to just to kind of not get anything going around until it's actually confirmed and true but yeah so now that that's happened like i was gonna say that the bills are probably gonna win the afc but i don't know dude i mean we've got we've got three teams three division leaders that all have six wins the ravens are six and three i think the ravens are a really interesting team i think that they could even win the afc which i think matt actually predicted in our preseason predictions that the ravens were going that's gonna, right baby yeah that, yeah that the ravens we're gonna, were gonna win the afc they might, they're staying very healthy, which is really good to see. Mark Andrews has a little bit of a, of a, of a injury complication. I think it's his knee or something like that. But I mean, we saw them dominate the saints last night, which isn't much of a surprise because the saints, the saints are definitely a team that I want to stick fork my eyes forks in my eyes when I watch them, but right. Like the Ravens are, are a very real team um, that, you know, Lamar is just doing everything that he should be doing to get that, con- get that new contract that he wants. And, Yeah, I mean, I I think that we could definitely see the Ravens win the AFC. I wouldn't be surprised to see it. I think that the Chiefs are probably now the favorite. Again, just kind of we're on the fence about this whole Josh Allen thing. I think even if Josh Allen isn't hurt, the fact that the Jets beat the Bills this past week, I'm not saying that it it couldn't be a fluke because it very well could have been. And, you know, if Josh Allen was hurt during that game, which he very well could have been that would have changed a lot of things too, but I just don't, I don't know. Like the, the bills don't really like their running game. I think it's starting to show a little bit that their running game is just completely non-existent and they need that Josh Allen is, is probably the most physically gifted quarterback in the whole entire league, but he can't do everything. And so the chiefs have at least somewhat of a running game with Clyde Edwards Hilaire, but even them too, like they, they passed, I think, I think he passed like 63 times um, Patrick Mahomes did on, on Sunday night, which he, I think 54 was his career high and he met that in like the beginning of the fourth quarter, basically. So they pass a lot. They have they also have a, a little bit of a passing problem. That's why I think that the Ravens might squeak out the AFC here and, and win the, the AFC regular season at least and be the top seed in the AFC, which would be awesome to see. Like I said, I mean, we all love Lamar Jackson and, and basically everybody on that team, except for John Harbaugh, but yeah, I would really love to see the way the Ravens win. I think that, right. We're like the people that the teams that are in the league, in the lead of their division right now in the AFC. We're probably going to see them win their respective divisions. I don't really see the Bengals coming in front of the Ravens or the Chargers moving in front of the Chiefs here. So, yeah, I I don't know. I don't really know what else to say here aside from, like, the division winners are going to be who they are right now. And we're probably going to see two teams from the AFC East make it in and then, like, two teams from the AFC West also and then probably two teams from the AFC North make it in. So that's that's my prediction. I don't think that we're going to see three teams from one division make it. In. I think if anything
1: it could be the AFC East and I was going to make a case yeah. for it too cuz I mean I, I don't know. I just I feel like yes. Like okay, the Ravens give me the Ravens all day long, baby. I bet their over season win total like I I'm I've been all over the Ravens. And and the crazy part is about the Ravens and I'm not going to go on this too long, but they could very very easily be 8-0. Like they lost, they were up 20 to 3 against the Bills and they lose that game 23 to 20. And that's just to name one. So, like, I mean, there's a lot, you know, there, there's a lot that this Ravens team could be if, you know, you have kind of a couple plays go your way. They're 8-0. No, they're the best team in the league, and, and, and they're going crazy. And Hayden mentioned that they haven't suffered very many injuries. They have. I mean, think about it, like, Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins, both their top two running backs, are out, right? Yeah, Kenyon true. Drake looks like a starting running back because he has been before, but he's their third string running back, technically. And this is the exact same thing that happened last year. Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins were out for the entire season, and, and they just made it work with some other guys, right? Defensively, they 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 have, they have most of their guys, and they obviously should, they traded for Roquan Smithy, but we made a bunch of plays in the Monday night game. So, like yeah give me the Ravens all day long um the Chiefs I think are, are are like a juggernaut obviously in the AFC West I don't see any other team from the AFC West even making the playoffs I mean come on give me a break with this stuff like the Raiders are quite possibly one of the worst teams in the league the Broncos are three and five they are really bad and, and I, they don't they're not gonna make the playoffs and same with the Chargers like I think they're five and three but maybe they make it by record sake but I think a lot of these games and we saw against the Falcons like they were supposed to win against the Falcons and the Falcons are not a great team and they very well could have lost that game pretty easily. So I don't think any team from, I don't think, I think it's only going to be the chiefs from the AFC West. Um, the AFC South is, is, Pretty horrible, like all around. The Titans are going to win it by default, and they're probably going to have a really good record. And they could even get the number one seed just because of how, I mean, they do play really well, especially when they don't have the guys that they're supposed to have. Like, Mike Vrabel's a really good coach in terms of just getting his guys to play for each other and, and just give 100% maximum effort every single play, every single game. And you really love to see that from an NFL team because that's what football is supposed to be about, right? Like, fundamentally, that's what the game is. So, but obviously they're benefiting a lot from basically having three of the worst teams in the NFL as the other teams in their division. So, I mean, the the Titans are going to win that. And I see only one team from AFC South as a result. I think we get two teams, maybe from the AFC North, but I really don't think so. Like obviously the Ravens are going to win the division and the the Bengals, like look good against teams that they're supposed to do well against. And then they kind of just suck against teams that are, kind of mid and or or better than them right and like so yes their win loss column is going to stack up like it should but is that going to be enough to make them playoffs i don't really know because the afc east man i'm telling you like the bills yes obviously right josh we're not going to make too many projections about josh allen it could all be bad but we're not going to assume that he's a really like he's like kind of a superhuman type of guy too where like he might be hurt and he might just play through it and he might be just as good as he was if not right so I think the Bills are going to be fine. If they don't win the division, they'll still definitely make the playoffs. The Dolphins at this point, I, I mean, if you look like they've won every single game that Tua has started, point blank period. Like, th- and that's really good. And I think that we look, kind of look at them as a team that started 3-0 and and I think they went to 3-3 and and now they've won a bunch of games in a row again. But it's like, now that Tua's there and obviously they have the, you know, the best wide receiver duo in the league probably at this point. And, and I think they can win a lot of games and their schedule is really easy coming up too. So I think the, the Dolphins are really You know, almost bona fide to make the playoffs at this point, uh, at least for a wild card spot. And then you have the Jets who out of nowhere, like are actually good. Like, I think the difference between the Jets and the Giants, I think they have the same record at this point, but the Jets have a legit good defense and they just kind of make enough happen on offense to score enough points to win these games. Whereas the Giants, like their defense isn't that great. And and their offense is is better, I guess, than the Jets. But I I don't know. It's just the Giants are are have found themselves in a lot of lucky positions to win games, and they've done it right. So credit to them for not just kind of laying down and taking the loss like they have in past years. But I would say the Jets are definitely legit in terms of a team that you know the Jets and the Giants. If you're going to compare the two, so and as a result, like the Jets could very well make the playoffs, right? I mean, so that's the that's where I think hey, the AFC East could legit have three you know playoff teams in that division you know coming out of there from the afc east as could the a- the nfc east we, I mean, we talked about it before like obviously i think the cowboys and the, and the line or the cowboys and the and the eagles are, are basically shoe-ins to make the playoffs at this point eagles will probably win the division and the cowboys will make a, a wild card spot but again depending on what happens in the rest of the league like you know if the 49ers kind of fall off or you know the packers nobody gets there from the nfc north except except the uh except the vikings and basically the nfc south is almost guaranteed it's only one team that's going to make it because they'll probably Will have losing records, right? It could be three teams from the NFC East as well, as long as the Giants basically just have a winning record going into the playoffs. So it's really interesting how the thing is shorting out. And I think that's kind of where I wanted to get into this a little bit. And talk about the fact that, you know, right, it's weird because it's just one of those years where we thought, oh, the AFC West was going to be, you know, the best division in football by far. We could see three potentially teams from that division, you know, making it to the playoffs where we thought about the NFC East to begin the season as, oh, the NFC East, the Bills are going to win and every team is going to have a losing record besides the Bills, right? not the case. I think every team's going to have a winning record, which is, you know, crazy to say because that's how we thought the AFC West was supposed to be, right? And then you have the NFC where, you know, the FC North was going to be, oh, the Packers and the Vikings will definitely make it. And then, you know, all the NFC South like the Saints are going to be really good this year, the Buccaneers are obviously going to be really good too. And then the NFC West is going to be like, oh, well, all three teams can make it, the Rams and the 49ers and the Cardinals are all going to be really good. Well, no, you know, so it's it's really interesting how the West, AFC West and NFC West were supposed to be really good to start the season, but really it's been the NFC East and the, and the AFC East who have actually shown out to be the better teams in the league and could potentially each have three teams from those respective divisions that make the playoffs. So uh, yeah I know we didn't give any and any like real and you know Super Bowl talk right now, but or so far. But I mean I, I could honestly see the Eagles going 17-0. I think the only tough game they have left in their schedule, like they play the Packers, but the Packers are not that good right now. So I don't see the Packers even being really a threat in that game. The Titans, I think, is the only tough game that the Eagles have just because of the style of play. I think the Titans are really the only team that could actually you know kind of counteract what the eagles do well and, and win a win a game potentially but besides that the eagles play like a bunch of other nfc east teams who yes are pretty good but they're definitely better than this year so watch out for the eagles potentially going 17-0 here and then obviously we talked about the ravens like i think they're going to win out i think they have a really easy schedule remaining and based on the ways they've played so far like they've played a bunch of close games but they've also like kind of given away i think it was the sad is and I think it's still true to this day. The Ravens have led by 10 or more points in every single one of their games this season. Come on, dude. I mean, that's good. Like, you're clearly a really good team. And as long as they can kind of just get away from this, like, blowing games in the fourth quarter type of deal, I think they're destined for, like, a number one seed in the AFC. And the Chiefs, we're never going to get up on the Chiefs. Like, as much as, you know, oh, they had a bad game against the Titans, like, the Chiefs are going to be fine. They're going to be good. Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid know what they're doing. And they have playoff experience, they have Super Bowl experience. So, Never count off the Chiefs. I think they're totally a, a, a very solid pick to go to the Super Bowl again, just because of how much, you know, they're able to just do with the ball that nobody, no other of the teams needs to be able to do. So, uh, yeah, so that's kind of a m- bunch of mumbo jumbo. But I think that was the point with this topic is like, let's just throw it all out there, right? Who are we impressed by? Who are we not impressed by? Who do we think has a chance to go to the Super Bowl? Who do we think is, you know, Really was supposed to be good this season as a division who's going to be good now as a division getting teams in the playoffs. Um, I think we did a good job of, of kind of encapsulating that Hayden if you have anything else to say go ahead.
0: Yeah, I would probably just say that right just to kind of summarize what I think is going to happen from the NFC. It's probably going to be three teams from the NFC East two teams from the NFC West. I can't see the 49ers not making the playoffs with all the moves that they're making in the off-season, I mean, during the season before the trade deadline that they made, like there's no way that they're not going to make the playoffs. If they did, it would be like the biggest waste of of trade value and trade money, I guess you could call it ever. So, yeah, we're in-season trade value, I mean, so yeah. I I think the Seahawks and the 49ers are going to make the playoffs from that division. And then from the NFC North, I think it's probably just going to be the Vikings and then nfc south it's just going to be the either the buccaneers or the falcons so i think matt's right when he says that the nfc east like they're good but i think that they're going to have three teams make the playoffs and they're going to be helped by how bad the other divisions are because they have really good teams in their division but like if if the packers weren't so bad like they could probably make the playoffs in place of the giants I, i could see that happening but Right. I I think that we're probably going to see three teams from the NFC East and then two teams from the NFC West and then one team from each of those other NFC divisions. And that'll be the result from the NFC. So, yes, that was a very good topic going over everything that can happen from the NFL. And we're going to move into our little fantasy topic here, which is basically just talking about how crazy this season has been in terms of fantasy as well. Not only in terms of teams that have been good that we didn't expect to be good or vice versa. So. We have basically my my two examples here um, about, about how crazy this fantasy season has been is that Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and that kind of alluded to it earlier saying that the Dolphins have probably the best wide receiver duo in all of football right now and it's true because Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are essentially both wide receiver ones at this point for fantasy, and they're on the same team. And it's it's crazy because it's like it's almost one of those things. Well, I mean, you, you could say that any any game that Tua has a good game is going to be a good game for Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill, but it's like it's almost amplified. It's like those are the only two receivers that he throws to when he goes off, and it's almost like if he does throw to only those two guys, Mike Gesicki, maybe a couple times, if he's Targeting both of those guys, almost the whole entire game, I'd say probably like 75% of the, of the targets are going to either Tyree kill or Jalen Waddle. The dolphins do so well. Like it's, it's one of those things where it's, it's almost like the opposite of, of what other of what you would probably see in like a prototype football team that tries to spread the ball around and, and, you know, has a good group of wide receivers. These, these guys, I mean, these two guys, they're good enough to just run around your defense and they're good enough to just be really good by themselves. And so, right. That's kind of the first example of a team that we haven't like, we haven't really seen this before where two receivers on the same team are scoring like 20 points consistent on a consistent basis and are basically both wide receiver ones for, for fantasy owners this year. Also there's two rookie running backs, obviously Travis Etienne and Kenneth Walker, the third who have basically taken over their offenses and they're essentially producing running back one numbers consistently since, uh, you know, since their full installation in, in their offense, which for both guys, that was probably about two to three weeks ago. So, right. We've, we've seen like pretty much three consistent weeks for both of these guys, but it's, it's one of those things where it's like, well, you know, three consistent weeks, like three straight weeks of scoring 17 plus points is, is actually really good for rookie running backs who we didn't really expect to, do this at all this season. Kenneth Walker kind of walked into the situation. Like, you know, obviously Rashad Penny got hurt. And so that wasn't really like Kenneth Walker didn't really take over that offense. He was getting a couple carries with Rashad Penny still in the game. But since Rashad Penny got hurt, which we kind of expected at the beginning of the season, I mean, Rashad Penny's one of those guys that he can't really play like three games before he gets injured. So we kind of expected this. But I didn't expect Kenneth Walker to be this good and to run this hard. I mean, if you watch him run, he runs as hard as anybody else in the league. So hats off to him, but yeah, Travis Etienne, like the Jaguars traded James Robinson. So now Travis Etienne is basically the only guy in that backfield aside from like, uh, what was his name? It's like Jamal Agnew or something like that. So yeah, I mean, both of these guys have, have just taken over their offenses. They're both rookies and they're both, they're both guys that like when you were drafting, if they were on the board way down in, in, in the, in the late rounds, you took them, but like th- Right. They were they were kind of both expected to be backups or not really backups, but like almost running back by committee options early in the season. But now we've seen both of them just kind of alone in their offenses by this point. And those guys that drafted him or picked him up off the waiver wire earlier in the season, for whatever reason, like those guys are are, are benefiting a lot in their league. So, yeah, Matt, what do you have to say about this?
1: I, I completely agree with everything you said, especially it, the Seahawks. For somehow, always just seem to get like the best runners of the football, like not guys who are like, you know, speedy, you know, messo. like guys who are just powerful runners who don't go down on first contact and just take it to the house. Like, obviously, Marshawn Lynch kind of started this whole thing. He was a beast. He's his nickname is literally Beast Mode. So, you know, that kind of shows you how that goes there. Um, Followed up him with, I think Chris Carson was kind of taking the reins right after Marshawn Lynch went Chris Carson. Like, I mean, I know he only played like two years and I think he's retired now because he had some back issues and he didn't want to, you know, ruin his, ruin his career even more. Uh, but like, look up Chris Carson highlights this guy who just like bowled over people and ran so hard. Now, obviously I think it kind of probably led to some of his injuries, but again, ran hard as heck last year. Rashad Penny I know Hayden mentioned he has a bunch of injury issues and, and it is true but at the same time like Rashad Penny I think in the last eight weeks of the season last year led the league in rushing like he had like 120 150 yards a game like he was just he was just a beast right and then now obviously right they have a rookie running back Kenneth Walker the third who's back there just basically 100 yards a game and two touchdowns like guaranteed and anytime he touched the ball he's either crafty and shifty and gonna be you know getting open in the open space or he's just running up the middle, you know plowing guys over on first contact and and getting like five yards of rush so somehow the Seahawks just are, are have a knack for drafting running backs because they they're really calling in on all these guys and it again fits to the mold of what this team is which is we're going to run the ball hard we're going to play good defense and the quarterback is kind of just there to supplement the offense and and they have good receivers and everything like that and obviously Geno Smith is playing you know, out of his mind right now. But if you didn't have Kenneth Walker, like this team would not be winning as many games as it is. So I think it's great. Obviously, you know, kind of the Seahawks just there, obviously as a theme of of drafting running backs and doing well there. ETN, as Hayden mentioned too, is is just another kind of cool story, right? Someone who, and it's funny too, because he and Trevor Lawrence, obviously they're on the same team with the Jaguars. Now they played together for like three years at Clemson, and now they're kind of together on the Jaguars again. But he... I think, like, in the first week of preseason or something last year, Torres ACL was out for the season, right? And it was like, oh my gosh, right? You know, this first round running back has so much history or so much talent, so much hope, you know, so much potential. And he goes down in the first week of the preseason, you're like, is, you know, is he ever going to play again? Is he going to be the same? Whatever. And he's done more than that. And so I think that he's really proved his worth that, yeah, he was worth the first round pick. And He's, you know, another guy who's second year running back after a devastating injury. He's coming back like nothing like nothing happened, right? So I think both teams, both running backs are young running backs who are playing really well and, and suiting their team, like doing, playing the perfect role for their team, which is, you know, kind of carry the team, I guess, really offensively and, and let the quarterbacks do everything on the back end to kind of supplement what the offense can do. So, um, yeah, I, I know I didn't touch much about obviously the, the Dolphins receivers, which I mean, Hayden did a good job with that. And I think it's just, it's absurd how how good they are. But I think it's really kudos to like the offense that the Miami Dolphins were able to build and Tua who has come into his own, right? I mean, you get some good receivers around him. Look what happens. I think that could be said for a lot of young quarterbacks who don't have a lot of success right off the bat. Like- if you give him what, you know, a couple of the best parties here in the, in the league, they can be pretty good too, right? Cause that's what he was dealt with at Alabama. Obviously he always had the good receivers at Alabama. So now that he has that in the NFL, it's looking like nothing's really changed. So uh, yeah, some crazy fantasy, fantasy stars, but some good stories as well too. I think here with the, with the fantasy topic.
0: All right. Well, with that being said, we can probably move, move to our college football topic of the day, which is probably the most exciting topic of the day, especially because we can get really down and dirty with all these, with all these situations. So let's head, go ahead and move into it. So this past weekend was the craziest week yet this college football season, not only because of all the upsets, but also because of all the college football playoff implications that it had that we're going to talk about today. That means that it's theory construction time, baby. Let's go. This will obviously be be more of a loose segment in which we basically go over all the possibilities for who will make the college football playoff based on what's happened so far this season, as well as the conference championships coming up, which Right, we'll, we'll cover you guys with all of that as the conference championships come up. But I'm going to go ahead and just dive into this topic with the, 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 the SEC situation. Now, we saw that Alabama lost against LSU on Saturday, which was a, a crazy game. That was probably one of the best football games I've seen in a very long time. And that means that Alabama has two losses, which you all know what that means. They're basically out of the college football playoff. Now, if they win the SEC championship, that's a whole different story. And... I don't really know how. So like the rest of the SEC West is basically doesn't have a chance to make it. I feel like they like I, I think that Al- Alabama, if they went out, is essentially still lo- going to be a lock to make the SEC championship because the only other team that really has a chance to make it is Tennessee. But Tennessee got beat by, beat by Georgia. And so now Georgia has that leverage over Tennessee to make the SEC championship. So we're probably still going to see the same SEC championship, which will be. Georgia and Alabama, but if Alabama wins that and beats Georgia, they could get into the playoff, which that, that'll shake a lot of things up. And it'll also depend on a lot of other things that happen. You know, if TCU loses or something like that, or if they don't lose, they could take the spot over Alabama. It's going to be a, a whole ordeal, but right. I I, I think that we're probably going to see Georgia win out for the rest of the season. They're probably going to win the, the SEC championship as well. And, banking on the fact that it's unlikely that Alabama wins the SEC championship, we're probably not going to see Alabama in the college football playoff this year, which will be the first time since I, th- I think they will. Sorry. Right, so the last time that they had two losses was 2019, but I'm pretty sure that they still made the college football playoff in 2019. I'm not sure that was the, that was the LSU Joe Burrow year that they won. I think that year, Oklahoma also made it. And then Ohio state also made it, but I can't remember who the fourth team was. I can't remember if it was, Alabama, I I would hazard to guess that it's that it wasn't like I, don't I think, think it was either it.
1: Clemson or Notre Dame actually.
0: Yes, yes, I th- I, I think you're exact. I think it might have been Clemson. Probably Clemson. Yeah, yeah. So right, the last time that they didn't make the college football playoff was 2019, and then before that it was probably even longer. So right, this is this is a very uh this is a very odd year already in in college football, and and it's only through week what nine or ten. So the whole SEC shit situation is really is really tough to get into but that's I guess kind of a preface to it Matt if you want to if you want to delve into some other conferences you can or if you want to say something about the SEC go ahead
1: yeah I'm going to clear up the SEC real quick so there is a chance that Alabama can make the SEC championship but I think the way that Hayden so basically Alabama and LSU are both in the SEC West all right and now that LSU beat Alabama. They actually have the same record. And because LSU beat Alabama, LSU oh, has a tie true, record. Yeah. With Alabama. So realistically, if both these teams continue to win out, LSU is going to represent the SEC West in the SEC title game against Georgia, which yeah. is crazy. I mean, like we never thought that LSU was going to be good, this good, this fast. And I'm just going to say it now. I'm just going to say it now. Give, L, give LSU, I mean, they could literally make the college football playoff this year, which is insane to say. And we'll get into that a little bit later. But like, give Brian Kelly two more years at LSU. They're going to be a dynasty, an absolute dynasty. The last three coaches that have coached at LSU have all won national championships. Obviously, if I had Ed Ogeron who won it with Joe Burrow in 2019, Les Miles won it, I think in 20, 2008, I think uh somewhere around then. And then actually, the person who was the previous coach before Les Miles, who won a championship at LSU was a guy named Nick Saban. Either way that goes to show you how the depth of talent at LSU and just everything around their program is insane. And a guy like Brian Kelly, who succeeded at a Notre Dame, which is almost impossible to get to a college football playoff. Like the amount of wins that he got everything he shouldn't have been as good, right? He shouldn't have been as good as he was, but he was such a good coach. And so obviously he built the program up for what it was. And now to do that in, in the LSU territory where there's NIL and everything going on, like, He's going to make that place a dynasty. Regardless, the theory is if the two teams continue to win out, right, LSU will win the SEC West and they'll be in the the SEC championship. However, if LSU falls and Alabama continues to win, then they'll still be in the SEC championship. And I think that's where we need to start thinking about this as the fact that Alabama isn't as bad as everybody says they are. Okay. Yes, they're not as dominant as they have been in the previous years, but think about their two losses. Okay? Yes, they had the Texas game. The Texas game, they should have I they could have lost, but whatever. They won it, all right? They won the game, so fine. The other two losses were a last second field goal against Tennessee, who they I mean 49 yard or whatever, easily could have won that game, right? And then LSU, who they're in overtime, Alabama scores immediately, LSU then scores and goes for two. And and basically Bryce Young just didn't get the ball again. That's the only reason they lost that game, okay? And where are those two teams? Hmm. Let's think about it, guys. They're both top 10 teams. All right. So this whole notion that Alabama is like, somehow the dynasty is, is ending and Nick Saban's going to quit and, or be fired or whatever, because he lost, no, he lost by three, four combined. Okay. He lost two games by four combined points, both of them to top 10 teams in the SEC. Come on, dude. So we think about this as like this whole, forget about it. All right. So leave me with the talk about you know Alabama being being done those are their two losses easily could be nine and oh okay so that's the other thing too is like if the bounces go their way in both of those games similar what happened in the Texas game like okay, they could have lost the Texas game, but they won the Texas game. Well, they lost the Tennessee and the LSU game, but they easily could have won those games too. If Alabama is sitting here over with wins over Tennessee and LSU and Texas and all the teams that are ranked now, Alabama is number one in the AP poll. Don't even kick me about it because bro, like that's how this stuff works. All right, so again- they, they might not make it to the college football playoff. They might not even make it to the SEC championship. All right. But Alabama is still fine. The dynasty is not over. Nick Saban is not going to get fired. All right. So that's my SEC talk for there. Georgia is far and above better than everybody else. I think they're going to repeat as the college football championship. Well, champion, because <laughs> they won it last year. And they somehow look even better this year, which is crazy to say, but it's just, that's, that's, that's the program that Kirby Smart has built and he's done a great job doing it. And so that's where they stand right now. I think, you know, they're going to be undefeated obviously for the rest of the regular season. They're going to be the number one ranking going into the college football playoff. They're going to kind of, things will, things will go through Georgia uh, for the rest of the college football season. But I think that was at least kind of what I wanted to say about the SEC taking it elsewhere. Now the big 10. Okay. So obviously as the rankings come out today, actually, they're actually the show just started as me and Hayden are talking right now. It's seven o'clock on, on a Tuesday night. I can tell you exactly what the rankings are going to be. All right. It's going to be Georgia. Number one, it's going to be Ohio state. Number two, it's going to be Michigan, Michigan. Number three, and it's gonna be TCU. Number four. That's, that's what it's going to be. All right. So what do we have to discuss here? The big 10, Michigan, Ohio state, obviously both of them are undefeated. They're going to remain undefeated until they play. And I think I don't know when exactly what day the game is, but it's the last game of the regular season. It's going to be the biggest game of the regular season, probably besides maybe at Georgia, Tennessee. I don't really know, but um, yeah, basically whoever wins that game goes to the college football playoff because the winner of that game, you got to remember here, Big Ten East combined, well, Ohio State and Michigan are both in the Big Ten East. And so whoever wins that division plays plays for the conference championship. And then whoever wins the conference championship is the Big Ten champion. Well, the Big Ten West, basically the best team in the Big Ten West is Illinois, who we just saw lost to, you know, a terrible Michigan state team. And so the other best team might be like Wisconsin or Iowa or Minnesota, but any of those teams that win for the big 10 West, they're going to get crushed by either Michigan or Ohio state. So whoever wins the Michigan, Ohio state game is basically guaranteed a playoff spot as well, because they'll finish the irregular season undefeated They'll win the big 10 championship. Good to go there. All right. So we have Georgia basically bona fide to get in. And then we have the winner of Michigan state, Ohio state, the loser of Michigan, Michigan state, or sorry, I misspoke. I meant to say Michigan, Ohio state, the loser of Michigan, Ohio state, doesn't have I think in my mind does not have a good enough argument to be a one loss non-conference champion and still make it in the playoff there has to be a lot of craziness that happens basically like Tennessee would have to lose another game Alabama would have to lose another game LSU would have to be losing it basically it would have to be like only one SEC team and then like TCU would have to lose a couple games and you would have to have like a two loss big 12 conference champion that's the only way that both Michigan and Ohio State make it so Judging by where we're at right now, I think it's just going to be Ohio State or Michigan, and they're going to get the their number two ranking, right? Um, and then we have TCU, all right? They're going to be number four in the in the ranking or number three, whatever, however the committee decides to do it. They're undefeated as of right now, but they essentially have their hardest games ahead of them, okay? So they play Texas this weekend. TCU, undefeated TCU, 9 whatever, they're actually seven-point underdogs against Texas this weekend, which is crazy to say, but Texas is really good. I mean, they've lost three games, but they didn't have their quarterback for all those games. And, and obviously Texas is always going to mess up some games here and there, but I mean, you want to talk about a TCU game or a TCU team that's kind of gotten lucky in playing backup quarterbacks and everything. They're going to meet their mag- They're going to meet their maker this week uh, in, in Austin. So that's going to be a really good game. Probably the best game of the weekend, honestly. Uh, and, and, if TCU can keep winning and go undefeated, they are going to make it a college football playoff. I just don't think they're going to be able to. Right. And I love a story like this. I love TCU coming, you know, just really small school in the middle of nowhere in Texas and, and in Fort Worth and Texas Christian University. who would have ever thought these people are like actually, you know, competing with the best teams in college football, but they're doing it. So kudos to them for doing it. I just don't think they're going to end the season undefeated and therefore, you know, win the big 12. If they do, if they lose this one game to Texas and then they win yeah. out and they win the big 12 championship, and you obviously have you know a Michigan or Ohio State or, or whoever wins that game, the loser of that game is a, non, a non-conference champion, essentially. You have TCU with one loss conference champion, they deserve to get in over them, right? So there's a there's a well, good amount of scenarios where TCU could still get in here, but if they take basically if they take more than one loss, I think they're out, unfortunately, right? So and that leaves us with the only other conference here. Um, well, actually, Hayden, I'll let you kind of talk about uh, won the ACC with Clemson and that game, that big game that happened this past weekend, as well as the Pac-12 and how they might be able to salvage something here for the College Football Playoff.
0: Yeah, so essentially, I'm going to talk about the ACC first, and that was that was probably one of the biggest shakeups this this weekend was Clemson losing because we've talked about it before on this podcast. If Clemson were to win out, they they would have to get into the into the College Football Playoff, which we expected them to do. We didn't expect them to to lose to a Notre Dame team. Yeah, who, that, that
1: was totally my bad because I I was on here like week after week being like, yep, just yeah, just pencil in Clemson, pencil yeah. in Clemson. And it's like, of course, as like a five point favorite again, they just lose by like 30 points. And it's like, all right, well, that's, of course, what was going to happen.
0: Yeah. It, and OK. And like, I don't think that you're that much at fault for saying that, because right. we Like everybody wrote Notre Dame off at the beginning of the season when they started out. Oh, and two. And they were, I think, five and three coming into this and coming into this game, and somehow won it against Clemson. Right? I mean, like Clemson, Clemson still should have won that game, but Notre Dame's showing that right, their early season struggles were things of the past, and they're, they've actually, I mean, they've been on a what six to one tear since since they lost those first two games. So it's or six and one tear uh, since they lost those first two games. So yeah, like with Clemson losing that, we're probably not going to see any other any other teams here. I and again, that Clemson's one of those other or conferences where they have the two divisions and it's the coastal and the Atlantic division. And so like Clemson's in the Atlantic, right. And then in the coastal, it's like the best team is like NC state, right?
1: No, it's going to be UNC. So NC state's also in the Atlantic with Clemson. UNC is, is, I mean, they've, they're eight and one, right. Or the seven and yeah. one or whatever they've won all their games. They're going to represent the other side. So it's basically right. Clemson USC or Clemson UNC in the ACC championship.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then, which well I, actually I don't even know. Like I was going to say we'll we'll probably see Clemson win that but UNC could actually pull Yeah. It out. That's that's the one point that I had, had here about yeah. the at the ACC. I'm
1: not going to don't mean to cut you off too bad Hayden but like UNC has one loss, okay? And their yeah. loss is to Notre Dame who clearly is a pretty good team now. They you know beat up on Clemson. Uh so that's their one loss and realistically here like if there's a ton of carnage And UNC, I think, is ranked, like, number 15 right now. Like, they're so far down in the rankings, and they're a one-loss team. If they win out and they beat Clemson handily in the ACC championship, and then you have, like, TCU loses two games, Michigan-Ohio State loser, you know, looks looks bad and isn't a conference champion. Like, Pac-12 beats up on itself. And you're thinking about like, who's going to you know be kind of a, you know, a conference champion who only has one or two losses, like to look really good as a, as representing the conference comfortable playoff. UNC could actually do this and their offense is yeah. capable. Drake may is a beast. So yeah, Hayden, go ahead. But, but Dude, that's kind of what I want to say is look out for UNC here.
0: Yeah. I, well, I actually saw UNC play this past weekend. They played UVA at UVA and they only won by three. Like we, and UVA, let's just say, again, we've, we've said this in the past, but like UVA this season has not been the best team but we still gave UNC a run for their money. That UNC offense, like I I really wish they would have had again, I'm I hate to wish against the school that I go to, but like I wish that UNC would have had a good offensive game. It was it was I think by far their worst offensive game or their worst offensive performance of the year. Drake May had like a couple good plays, but overall like they 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 just didn't really look that good. They were Running a lot of like at the beginning of the game, they were running a lot of RPOs and and like throwing out throwing it out in the flats. I think they were a little bit scared of UVA's defense, which has been the highlight of our team so far this year. But like, yeah, like I don't know. I was expecting UNC to go out there and just like put on a show. And I was gonna be watching the game like a little bit sad because UVA's losing, but also just being a general fan of football and like good seeing, watching good football. I was, I was excited to see Drake may go out there and, and perform, but they didn't really do that well. And, and, and again, it's, you know, pretty big kudos to the the UVA defense for, for causing that to happen, but they only beat UVA by three points. They beat us 31 to 28. It wasn't a big win. I don't know how they're going to fare the rest of the season, but like Matt said, it it would actually be really cool to see them possibly make the college football playoff. But again, that's going to be something that we have to talk about later when, we see more teams lose, you know, more top teams lose. Like if, if TCU loses or something like it would, it would have to be some, one of those situations where like TCU loses and they somehow lose their conference championship as well or something like that. So it's like, or that if they lose in the conference championship, there's they're a one loss team and they, lo- they lost the conference championship, but then UNC is a one loss team who wins the conference championship. Like that could be a scenario where UNC gets in. So yeah, I think that the ACC is, is probably like, pretty well out of it um, the only chance that they have of of getting a team in really now is is maybe the conference champion but yeah it, de- it really depends on on everything that happens with other uh, conferences I think that the Pac-12 is kind of the same it's kind of in the same boat they're going to have teams like Oregon and UCLA and USC like those are the top three teams from the Pac-12 that have a chance of making it in and the Pac-12 is is not a divisional conference so you just have the the best, the two best teams from the Pac-12 who play each other in the conference championship. Like we always say, the the Pac-12 always beats up on each other. I don't think that we're going to have a team make it in. We we might have like Oregon squeeze in at four, basically if they win out and they win the conference championship as well. I think that they'll probably make it. Well, they're they're they only have one loss, right? And it, that's against Georgia. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and so and it's like
1: they've scored four, like basically ever since the game. They've I think outscored their opponents by like. 20 something points a game and they've scored over 40 points in every single game since then. Like, yeah, they're, they're dominant right now, but it's like, they're not getting any credit for it because everything like the only thing that everyone remembers is just that Georgia lost at the beginning of the season.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, but again, like when the college football playoff committee sits down in December, like they're, they're gonna, they're gonna see, okay, well like they're going to be the ones to notice that Oregon only has one loss against Georgia. And if they win the conference, if they win their conference championship, I think I think if if Oregon does win their conference championship they yeah like just based on resume in terms of like how they've won and who they've won against or who they've lost against they're they've got to be in the college football playoff. And and theoretically
1: I mean right we talked about Georgia at the beginning like they already won the SEC East they're going to win the SEC championship they're going to go in as number 1 like they're going to be the ultimate dominant team in the entire sport. And if that's Georgia's, or if that's Oregon's loss, like that's the best loss that you can possibly have because nobody has even come close to beating this Georgia team. So you're just another one, you know, kind of on the totem pole there. Uh, So yeah, I think Oregon could possibly do it, but again, you're kind of going to need some carnage here. I'm going to leave you with this, Hayden, the ultimate destruction theory, SEC bias. All right. Let's say that You know, Clemson, USC, Clemson, UNC, they play in the conference championship and Clemson wins, but it's like, ah, you know, they, they, they lost to Notre Dame. They're not going to be good enough. Okay, fine. So Clemson doesn't make it Michigan, USC, mm, sorry, Michigan, I keep saying USC for everything. I meant Michigan, Ohio state, they play Ohio state wins. They win out and they win the conference champion, Michigan or Ohio state, you know, you're in the college football playoff. All right, cool. Now, what do we have? Well, we have TCU. Oh, my God. TCU loses at Texas. Dang it. We had we had so much hope for TCU. They didn't do it. Okay. So, now we got a two-loss Big 12 champion. Oh, what about the Pac-12? Oh, well, U.S. Well, I mean, you still have to – Oregon has to play Utah. At Oregon, and we know what happens whenever Utah plays Oregon. Utah just beats the crap out of Oregon. So, all that we just said about Oregon scoring 40 points a game and beating their opponents by 20 points a game. Well, Tori, but Utah is going to probably go into Oregon and beat them. Okay, well, now what do we have? Well, USC is going to play UCLA in a couple weeks here, and UCLA, but, but USC is going to lose because UCLA is too good. Well, okay, now you have a one-loss UCLA team, but they're going to play Oregon in the Pac-12 championship, but Oregon already beat them this year, they crushed them so bad. And so Oregon's going to win again, and now we have, oh, my gosh, Oregon's a two-loss Pac-12 champion. What do we have left here, folks? Well, you know what we have? We have Georgia, who won the SEC East, and they're representing the SEC East in the SEC championship. Um, and then uh, what is uh, – oh, LSU. LSU has to play Texas A&M. LSU loses to Texas A&M. Oh, my gosh, no. What does that mean? Alabama, you just went out. You went out. You got two lots. Okay, so Alabama represents the SEC West in, in, the, in the SEC Championship. And then, and then what do we have here? Alabama needs their revenge against Georgia from last year's college football championship game. And Bryce Young pulls a crazy game out of his butt. and the Ala- So Alabama wins the SEC? A two-loss Alabama team, who their only two losses are to Tennessee and, and LSU, two other top 10 teams. And Alabama wins the SEC championship. And you can't leave, left, leave Georgia out, right? Because they only lost in the SEC championship and they've won all the other games on the schedule. They're the best team in the college football. Okay, so you have to have Alabama and Tennessee in. And now you have Ohio State. And then wait, so we need we need one more team. Wait, so we need one more team. Alabama's SEC champion. They won their, they won the best conference in the entire in the entire country, right? Well, who did Alabama lose to? tennessee tennessee comes out of nowhere and gets this last spot in the college football playoff championship because they beat alabama and tennessee's only losses georgia and georgia lost to alabama so it's going to happen guys unfortunately to say we're just we're just we're just in a simulation of sec bias and so it's going to happen it's going to happen alabama georgia tennessee all make the college football playoff from the sec and then hopefully hopefully ohio state can just win it all and so we're all have we all have to be done with this but we know how it goes, and it's probably not going to be that way.
0: Yeah, and then Auburn's school, I think, is just going to burn down if that happens. Like it's just like it's like every other SEC team is doing so well. They get three teams in the playoff, and then Auburn is just left being like, "Dude, what the heck?" Like yeah. the, we are just left in the dust. That would be a crazy situation, honestly, if if that happened. It's just like, dude, I I actually don't know. And like, dude, if if that happens we we better go viral because that's that's uh that that was quite the that was quite the the scenario there by matt you can
1: totally see it happening and it's
0: like the perfect argument
1: because each team has lost to each other but each team also has beaten each other right so it's like it's like it's an impenetrable argument when you think about it because especially if you have like TCU has two losses. They don't. They don't make it. Like Clemson's not able to, you know, win the SEC or the ACC, and then you, like everything will happen. Pac-12 beats up on itself, and then it's like, okay, the Big Ten champion, the, on the other undefeated team, they'll make it in. But like everybody else is just the best SEC teams who've all beaten each other, and then they make it. It's like, oh my gosh, dude. So yeah, but you're right, Hayden. It, we will post this all over the internet when when that happens, and I'm right.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And dude, if we're saying if we're like talking about this now about four teams, dude when the, when the playoff expands to 12 teams, like we're going to have to have like eight hour episodes, just, just talking about every possibility that can, that can happen for the college football playoff. I mean, I think that that's, it's, it's kind of fair to say that like the reason we're talking about so many, and the reason that there is so many different scenarios is because it's only four teams and you have so many teams to pick from with the, with the 12 team playoff. And we don't even know how that format's going to play itself out. Like whether we're going to have for you know whether we're gonna have like one team from each of the power five conferences make it in automatically like it, it's gonna be crazy the way that, that the logistics of that works when it comes out but yeah like it's 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 actually gonna be complete catastrophe when when we uh when we get to the 12 team college football playoff format. But that being said, for now we will we will end off this episode with uh with that crazy scenario given by Matt. Again thank you guys for listening um we will be back most likely this well i don't know if we'll be back this friday we we, i mean since we're coming out with this on tuesday i don't know if we'll have a a week i'm basically so basically i'm going to tech this week to virginia tech this weekend to visit a couple of my friends and so i don't think that i'll be able to get an episode out there so this will probably be the only episode that you hear from us uh this week which is a little bit unfortunate i'm just i'm just realizing that now you
1: might you might get it you might get a small guy
0: matt solo episode you know the famous ones oh okay a little solo matt episode we haven't had that since may may is the last time that we had a a, a matt solo episode which i know you guys i know you guys love to listen to but thank you guys for listening hope you guys enjoyed it and you may see matt come out with an episode later on in the week maybe a little friday or saturday action we don't know but he uh he'll, he'll keep you on your toes so be on the lookout for that and he will see you then